the inside of the box is a great place to get into more messaging. I think a lot of people uh, overlook it. If you're going to print on the inside of the box, you might as well make it worthwhile. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method. Could be offline like it is this month or SEO or email. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. I have some very exciting news to share with you. You are all listening carbon guilt free. What does that mean? Well, the Keep Optimizing podcast is now a carbon positive podcast, which means the awesome team at Carbon Positive have calculated the carbon used in every step of our production process, the distribution that we do, and the carbon you're using right now to listen to the show. And we've then bought enough carbon credits to more than offset it all. That means you can listen to this episode and all our episodes, including those on our other podcasts, carbon guilt free. So binge away, my lovelies, binge away. This month, we're all about offline marketing. And this episode, we're exploring the often ignored marketing opportunities of your product packaging. Yes, the container that your product comes in, the box it is packaged in. We are going to be exploring that with a true expert on the topic and we'll even be straying a little bit into the unboxing experience too. So loads of great information coming up for you. Make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because at the end my guests will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximise the performance of your offline marketing including some brilliant quick fire answers at the very end and then I'll be sharing my take on it all plus outlining some more free ways we can help you improve your offline marketing even more. So stay tuned to the end. Unboxing is the only moment in the customer journey with a 100% open rate. Done well, your unboxing experience can build a stronger connection with your customers and immediately increase sales. To create a great unboxing experience, you need to make it as relevant as possible to the customer opening the box. The right messages, upsells and offers, but how do you do that? You need Slippy. Slippy turns your unboxing into a personalised, relevant and revenue driving channel. Print inserts on demand from packing benches at your fulfilment facility and segment and personalise those messages to include content and upsells based on each customer's purchase history and behaviour profile. Slippy gives you all the power of your email marketing system, but for your 100% open rate unboxing channel. Slippy are offering a three-month free trial exclusively for Keep Optimising podcast listeners this month only. So visit keepopt.com forward slash Slippy and claim your free trial today. Are you tired of generic marketing messages that don't resonate with your customers? Have you stretched your spend in digital retargeting as far as you can to maximise conversion? Do you want to reach your target audience with pinpoint accuracy via a channel that gets noticed? Then it's time to add dynamic postal marketing to your online marketing mix. But how? 
Look no further than Paper Planes. Paper Planes programmatic direct mail service uses advanced insight and analytics to personalise your marketing messages and trigger content over time. Their sustainable approach is cost effective, so you won't be wasting valuable resources on generic marketing. Instead, you can tailor messages to your customers with pinpoint accuracy, backed up with valuable insights and analytics on performance to help optimise creative and targeting even further. It's time to join the revolution of modern direct mail marketing. Go to keepopt.com forward slash paperplanes to find out how. In this episode, I'm chatting with offline marketing expert Lindsay Kwan, creative director and founder of Luke Design. Lindsay is a product packaging genius. And as her LinkedIn bio says, money doesn't grow on trees, but it does grow on great packaging. Packaging done right is a phenomenal customer retention tool and even customer acquisition channel. And Lindsay's been helping brands leveraging their packaging as a sales channel since 2001. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How did you get into the world of packaging and offline marketing? Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. So I did all the traditional things as a classically trained print designer, working my way up to the ranks, doing in-house agency, all of that thing. But it wasn't until I started working in-house for a big e-commerce company that I started to really harness the power of e-commerce and packaging and all the on and offline things. I started with direct mail, catalog specifically, and quickly became the art director managing the creative for all the marketing channels, which was very exciting and scary being from the print world. It was in that role that I could see the true synergy of marketing design. And most importantly, I can get my hands on actual proof that what we designed in our creative team really affected the bottom line, which is super exciting. Um, Even with million dollars of proof, the corporate environment wasn't really a fit for me. So I went off on my own, as a lot of people do. And now I help e-commerce businesses create consistent sales and profit by moving their customer from first time to lifetime with marketing. So that is kind of my quick story. Very cool. So we both started in the world of mail order, which is an awesome place, I think, to learn marketing really well. I agree. The reason why I'm so excited to have you on the show is I think so often when we're running an e-commerce in inverted brands of commerce business or a D2C business or an online, uh, you know, selling business, we get so obsessed with the product and then the digital marketing. We kind of forget about the customer's experience of handling the product and getting the product and the the you know, we might get as far as putting something in our in the postage box, but we We rarely seem to think about the product packaging. So it's brilliant to have you on here to shine a light on that. Why should we care about our product packaging? That's a great question. So one, it's you have to do it anyway. Like you have to put the product in something. So why not make it work for you? I feel like it's the most underutilized form of marketing. They get the package. They have the product at the end. They throw the shipping box in the trash or whatnot um, or recycle it, of course. Um, But that product is that constant physical reminder of your brand. And how powerful is that to have something constantly there that they use every single day? Well, because I think think sometimes you think product packaging, oh, the, the, you know, the box that the jar of jam comes in. But jar of jam is a terrible example. Let's go with moisturizer, the box that the jar of moisturizer comes in. But actually, it's both the jar of moisturizer itself and what's on that. So it's kind of you, you kind of get get multiple bites at the cherry with this thing. You do. And that's the whole experience, right? It shows up on your doorstep. 
you have to use scissors to like you know ship get the shipping tape off or whatnot and then it's the actual experience of opening it taking it out and then also think about versus the digital world where it's a lot of um, sound and sight as far as the five senses you get to have all the senses with most products it's if it is jam or moisturizer, it's the smell, it's the taste. Well, you're not tasting moisturizer, but the feel, the texture, you know, there's more senses involved. Therefore, it leaves much more of a lasting impression on your mind, which is all very, very powerful. So this might be too obvious a question. So feel free to divert it if it is, because I know next to nothing about, about product packaging. Should we be focused on acquisition or retention when we're designing a product packaging? Should we be focused on brand building and or should we be focused on call to actions? How do we work out what goes on that box or that jar? And that's probably three podcasts worth of questions, so apologies. No worries. It, it's all of it. It's really thinking it through, though. That's the big thing is really always remembering that as the brand, you're kind of controlling and guiding them down the path to come back to you, right? So of course, the biggest uh, objection I get about product packaging is that there's not enough space to do anything. And I agree. I ask copywriters to write very short brand stories for the actual product itself because you don't, I mean, think of a jar of moisturizer. You don't have a lot of room to be going on and on and on about how amazing you are, but it is a combination of all those things. So how do you do it? You utilize the space as much as you can, but also think about how they work together. It's just, you know, when people talk about branding in general, you know, your logo is not going to say everything about your brand, right? It's the same thing with product packaging. Like one piece of it isn't going to do all of the things you want it to do. So for example, the actual primary packaging, which is the jar, the bottle or not, um, that is the, its job is to remind the customer about your brand. It's to look great on the shelf, in the car, in the pantry, whatever, um, and to remind them to buy again in some way. So hopefully you gave them a great experience, so that's enough. But um, the secondary packaging, which could be the box around the moisturizer, that has a little bit more room. Also, the this is a hot tip. The inside of the box is a great place to get into more messaging. I think a lot of people uh, overlook it. If you're going to print on the inside of the box, you might as well make it worthwhile. So that's a great place to put any kind of branding information, any kind of if you're giving back to a community or you have causes that you were excited about that you want to tell your customer about to reinforce their purchase or even just a pop of color or some ingredient information, go ahead and use the inside of that box. That would be your secondary packaging that holds the jar. So yes, so that is kind of how you're thinking about all the things you want to say and then where can we say them and where it makes sense, where it's going to have the most um, staying power. I have to say, I do, I, I do get super excited when the inside of the box has something on it doesn't really matter what it is for me it's just oh look they put some effort into the inside of the box don't know whether that's the marketer in me or the consumer but it always makes me love the brand a little bit more I agree um, one brand that's doing this really well and I've kind of followed them because my husband used their moisturizer is glow recipe they had just like watermelon because their bestseller is the watermelon glow moisturizer and so I have two packages in my room in my office because they had nothing but the watermelon like 
It's like a texture, like an image of watermelon. But now they started putting all that juicy information about like why, how to use it, why is watermelon great. Even if they reinforce it on the outside of the box, having it on the inside, you can go into more detail. And I just was like, yes, maximize your packaging, right? You have to do it anyway. You're going to pay for it anyway. You might as well get the most bang for your buck. Oh, definitely. And you mentioned about the constraint of there not being much space to put something in. And you also mentioned about how, you know, when I gave you that ridiculously large waffly question, you made it, you know, you, you've rightly made it really clear that what you put on that packaging depends on what you're trying to get the customer to do. So you've got to have a bit of strategic thinking, a bit of goal awareness. And I think constraint and small, you know, only having so much space forces us to do a better job, forces us to be clearer on what we're actually trying to achieve. So it can, you know, really help us to really get get things right because there's not so much space. Do you find it sometimes a joy to have not much space to work with? I do. I actually like the constraints. Um, that also, it does force you to think it all the way through. And also it forces the brand as a whole to think about what are the benefits that are the most important for their customer, which means that you really need to know your customer well, or maybe you're testing it out, but you should get closer and closer to that benefit, whether it's like perfect, glowy, supple skin or, you know, strawberry poppin' flavor, whatever it is, like being very succinct, it really helps you get clarity on why you're different and what you want to tell the customer about your product. Yeah, I think too often when we're thinking, think we're trying to get our core messages right on the website, we say, oh, we'll just add another graphic, we'll just add another blog post, we'll add another paragraph. And it just becomes kind of bloated and a bit confusing. So I guess it's quite a good discipline, quite a good process for the company in general to work out what to put on its packaging. I agree. So you mentioned the primary packaging, which is what the product comes in. And you mentioned the secondary packaging, which is the box that contains the primary packaging. If we stick to that moisturizer example, is there or how often is there a case for creating a leaflet that goes between the primary and the secondary packaging? Is that a a good thing or do they usually get, you know, just chucked straight in the bin? Is there a, a role to play for adding something else into that? It depends on the product. So if we think about a moisturizer and we think about, say, an eye cream, an eye cream is typically very small, like half an ounce or whatever. So that's a great opportunity because it's a maybe a shallow box. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of opportunity to, you know, someone's not going to tear the box open to read it. Uh, that's where a great insert can do do that for them. Also, especially with beauty, having, you know, how to use it, it should be on the bottle anyway. But if you have any additional things you want to tell them about how to layer it on or anything like that, I think those inserts can be super, super helpful. But it also depends on what your sustainability goals are. So if you're a brand that doesn't want to have excessive packaging or use a lot of paper, you might have something like a little something on the inside of the lid of the box saying for creative uses on how to use XYZ scan this QR code and that will help you eliminate the insert. So there's always a way to get more information, but I do like having an additional leaflet where it makes sense, especially, oh my gosh, this is the best example, especially when there's multiple languages. Oh, yes. Because there's just no way you're going to get everything on the box, on the inside of the box. There's just no way. And um, you mentioned uh, 
the QR code there, which I feel like QR codes have been around forever in marketing and it's only in like the last 18 months they're actually becoming useful. Do you find they're a useful part of the product packaging? Do, do they drive a response of some kind? They do. You have to, again, it's about knowing your customer, whether they're going to be you know, proactive enough to use it. And you also have to give them a juicy reason why. It's not like, come check out our product and how to put on your eye cream. That's not going to be enough. It's going to have to be something that's juicy that makes them want to go there. Something that you're solving the problem. You're showing them creative ways to use it. You're showing celebrities using whatever. Something to get them there. And that's kind of how I think about, this is kind of a tangent, but when you think about packaging, people are starting to put social media handles or like I call the boilerplate social media handles on either their primary which is the bottle or whatever, um, the secondary. And I'm I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of boilerplate social media, kind of like, follow me everywhere. Um, and I think it's because, well, I know it's because you're kind of feeding into decision fatigue. And you, I know that brands are trying to be like, we're everywhere. We're catering to you. We're everywhere you are. So you choose. But I feel like it's decision fatigue. I feel like if you're going to tell them to follow you somewhere, other than coming directly to your site, it should really be about somewhere exciting, like why. If you do all your launches on Instagram or everything about how to use this product is on TikTok, then there's a reason for them to go. Otherwise, it's just noise and it's just taking up precious room on your packaging. Totally agree with you on that front. Sometimes I just think they've gone, oh, we better put something on here. Let's add 20 website URLs and 30 social media <laughs> handles and that will fill, fill the space. And I also think, you know, if, if this is about retaining the customer, you know, getting them to come back and buy from you again, why would you give them the distraction of social, of just, just you know, a non-specific social media call to action? Follow us on Instagram for no real reason when you could be going don't forget to reorder here. You know, it, it seems like not the right call to action to be putting on the product. I agree. That's why I recommend against it typically when I'm doing packaging. Because we, again, we have to think about the entire journey. So it's like, okay, do you really want them going to Instagram if you already have them? Like if they're already touching your product, is that really where we want to go? Unless you're trying something specific and you want to see if it works. But again, there's more money in packaging, right? And you don't want to have to reprint it all the time. So whatever you're telling them to do, it better be somewhere that you're going to continually make content and make it really exciting and innovative for them. It strikes me it's not the place to be testing new ideas. Does, <laughs> does anyone ever A-B test with packaging? No, not in my experience. No, I was going to say I can't because of the... You have so little control over when that particular piece of packaging hits the market. You know, the timing bit, it could be on some products, you're probably reprinting packaging quite often. On others, you may only reprint once a year. So it can go out of date quite often. I expect we've all been, we've all been to the, to the, the uh, what's the word close? Supermarket. That's the word. We've all been to the supermarket and seen the, the Christmas stock they're trying to clear in July simply because the packaging's yes. got the wrong colours on it. Exactly. The one thing that you can test, the only testing I've seen is with like inserts, like a postcard that's like a teaser for something. That is a great place to test where you're, you know, driving them to a free skincare consult or an app that shows you what the object is going to look like on you. Say it's like a hat or a sweater or whatever, but not necessarily on the primary or secondary because there is cost involved to reprint. So, but inserts are inexpensive. So that would be where you, that would be where you tested. And easily removed or not 
not incredibly easily removed, but a lot easier to remove than the whole packaging if you need to change something. Exactly. And we've kind of been talking about the online purchasing journey so far, but obviously a lot of D2C brands are now doing deals with supermarkets or having their own stores or deals with hairdressers and, and putting products on a physical shelf that consumers walk past and see. Do we need to take a different approach with a product that's going to sit on a shelf compared to uh, and be picked off that shelf by the customer to the product that arrives in a parcel? Yes. When I approach packaging, that's the first question I ask. Do you have any dreams, goals, aspirations to be in retail? Because the way you approach packaging is completely different. Not necessarily from a branding standpoint. I mean, your brand is your brand, your message is your message, but it's really the technical things that have to be on that package, the legal. For example, if it if it's going to Canada, it's going to need French and English. Well, that changes everything. Um, that's a lot more packed into a small space. So, And there's also the UPC or the barcode for scanning. So as a designer, you have a lot less space to work with. So I'd rather start with the most constraints, which is what can we actually have on here after we have all the legal things that we have to have on there? Where do we have space to be creative? And that's why it matters. Also, you're looking at it and I think on the online space, you think of it as a virtual shelf, at least I do. So I'm looking at the competitors. I'm like, okay, let's look at the virtual shelf, how we're going to stand out in our own way. The same thing applies for retail, but now you are even more, um, you really have to know who else is on the shelf with you. That way you can stand out even more. So, I mean, that obviously makes sense, but you know, if everyone is black and white and you pop in with color... Well, there you go. People are going to be drawn to you just because you can't help it. You look for color and it's one of these things is not like the other, right? Definitely. And I would never knew that, that in Canada you had to have the English and the French. So the, the rules are different if it's in a physical store to if it's being sent in a box on that front. Yes. Yes. Wow. Very different. There's a lot of a lot of differences legally. And I don't know all the legal differences. Uh, I help, you know, the client helps you know, facilitate that. But I'm pretty familiar with a lot of them. And there's, there's definitely some legal things, like especially even just the verbiage you use. Um, you're going to get dinged on if you're saying like all natural, like kind of like self-imposed, kind of on the greenwashing side. There's a lot of things that you cannot do if you're going to be in retail that maybe you can get away with on e-commerce. But yeah. Well, yeah, I think it, you, I, I would imagine it would be a full-time job trying to be across all of those those bits in all product categories. But at least now we know that the rules are different for, for offline and online and to have a look at it as we're, if we think we're going to be going into retail. Um, to, kind of touching on that, how often do brands desire to change their packaging? You know, should, if you do a good job first time round, should you be able to to leave your packaging as is for several years before you have to go back and revisit it? I think so. If you thought it through, the biggest pivots I see for changing packaging would be brand name change. For example, mm -hmm. um, Perfect Bar is a brand that I've worked with and they decided to do Perfect Snacks, which wouldn't make sense under the Perfect Bar name. So then the parent company, and it was a few years down the road, it wasn't immediately, but they still have the Perfect Bar brand, but the overarching brand is Perfect Snacks because they had other products go in there. So a name change where, you know, the parent is different from the uh, corresponding products. Also, 
if something happens where you're going to save money on printing it a different size, then you have an opportunity if you're going to change the die, which is, you know, how it's stamped out for the label or the size. That's an opportunity to change the packaging if you need to. But I would say if you're trying to build brand recognition, you're not trying to change your packaging every year. That tells me that you aren't confident in your brand and you don't know your customer very well. I mean, you just look at the big, big brands like Coke. How often has Coke changed? Not very often. There's like basic pieces where they're just it's not going to change. There's going to be evolutions, but the packaging itself isn't going to completely change because there's some, you know, you have some investment in it and you have brand recognition. So get it right first time. Is yeah, what we're start, saying here. <laughs> start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Uh, a lot of early brands want to kind of DIY and bootstrap, which I get, you know, finances, you have to do what's best for you. But Starting with the end in mind will prevent a lot of wasted time and money down the road. Definitely. And um, Lindsay, is there anything we've not said about product packaging, which we should before we move hmm. on? I think I just want to drive home that it's the most intimate form of marketing that you will do. SMS is really big right now, text messaging, and that's great. And it's very intimate. That's like a date. Like someone has your phone number or you gave them your phone number. Very intimate. But they still haven't purchased per se, right? So when you have someone who actually made the jump, purchase your product, like this is your moment, this is your audition, this is everything. You're using the five senses and it's the one-to-one moment where you have undivided attention, at least you hope. It's just you and your customer and it's the most critical part of the customer journey. Um, It's the first time they're experiencing you or the second time and it's going to determine if they buy again and if they're going to tell other people how amazing your brand is. So that is kind of what I want to drive home. It's like, it's the most intimate and it's where you want to focus your time. Don't make an afterthought. I know business owners get excited. They're like, oh my gosh, let's go. Let's make sales, depending on where they are, if they're launching or they're a new product business. But this is not where you want to kind of rush through. This is not the point to rush through. Love that. The most intimate type of marketing. Brilliant, Lindsay. Thank you. It's been great picking picking even your brains about product packaging. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Lindsay's insider tips on offline marketing as a whole and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Unboxing is the only moment in the customer journey with a 100% open rate. Done well, your unboxing experience can build a stronger connection with your customers and immediately increase sales. To create a great unboxing experience, you need to make it as relevant as possible to the customer opening the box. The right messages, upsells and offers, but how do you do that? You need Slippy. Slippy turns your unboxing into a personalised, relevant and revenue driving channel. Print inserts on demand from packing benches at your fulfilment facility and segment and personalise those messages to include content and upsells based on each customer's purchase history and behaviour profile. Slippy gives you all the power of your email marketing system, but for your 100% open rate unboxing channel. Slippy are offering a three-month free trial exclusively for Keep Optimising podcast listeners this month only. So visit keepopt.com forward slash Slippy and claim your free trial today.
Are you tired of generic marketing messages that don't resonate with your customers? Have you stretched your spend in digital retargeting as far as you can to maximize conversion? Do you want to reach your target audience with pinpoint accuracy via a channel that gets noticed? then it's time to add dynamic postal marketing to your online marketing mix. But how? Look no further than Paperplanes. Paperplanes programmatic direct mail service uses advanced insight and analytics to personalise your marketing messages and trigger content over time. Their sustainable approach is cost effective, so you won't be wasting valuable resources on generic marketing. Instead, you can tailor messages to your customers with pinpoint accuracy, backed up with valuable insights and analytics on performance to help optimise creative and targeting even further. It's time to join the revolution of modern direct mail marketing. Go to keepopt.com forward slash paperplanes to find out how. Okay, Lindsay, so far we've gone deep into product packaging. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of offline marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with offline marketing, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Lindsay, are you ready for these? I'm ready. Cool. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So I'm going to talk about primary packaging again, is think about your products sitting in their home. Just think about what them sitting in their home, wherever it be. And then think about what else you have coming as far as product launches. So in this way, again, it's a lot of futuristic thinking. So if you have a bestseller now, or maybe you have only one product, but you know you're going to be developing three or four products down the line, what do those look like? I always give this example. If you have, say, um, we'll say candles because it's easy. So you have different fragrances for candles. And one is strawberry and one is orange and one is lemon. Like you're like, okay, obviously the color palette and like the way we're going to build this visual system is going to be red for strawberry. Like you get the idea, right? But if you don't think that way all the way through what you'd like to create later on down the line, you get into trouble with your visual system. So all of a sudden you're using purple for say, I don't know, lavender, but now you're going to have a blackberry. And you're like, oh, I probably should have saved that. You know what I mean? So it's really thinking through what you're going to create and creating a visual system, thinking a couple steps ahead. So when they're all on the counter or they're on the shelf or in retail, everything makes sense. And it's not all of a sudden like, oh, well, what do we want to do now? And now you're trying to reinvent the wheel in the moment of the product launch versus thinking it ahead. Also, um, the big thing for skincare, especially since we use that as an example, is really giving them um, giving them the directions that are quick reads, like AM, PM, anytime. That's the biggest thing with skincare. It's so small. It's like get your reading glasses out to read like directions. Just give them some easy quick read icon. I don't care what it is. So they know when to use it and they're going to love you for it, even if it's on the top of the cap, because a lot of people have, you know, a drawer full of beauty products. That's not always something where you open the cabinet and look at the front and pumps. This is my rant on pumps, spray pumps, serum pumps, just make them nice and smooth. Like if you ever had a spray pump and it just like drips all over your face and you're like, this is not a great experience. Like this is not the time to kind of scrimp on the pumps. Like this is part of the experience, like just spend the extra two cents on the pump. 
Um, so that's my uh, bit on some of the newbie advice. Awesome. Love those tips, Lindsay. And if you, you sound like you might have one more for us. I do. And this is something that people get confused by, especially newbies, is custom printing isn't the same as custom packaging. So when we're thinking about the exterior, the secondary packaging, the shipping box, even the bottle that it comes in, custom printing isn't the same. Custom printing is just basically custom design. It's like using a great design that looks beautiful. Custom packaging is actually something that's developed just for you and it's just yours. So custom packaging for primary, like a bottle, think of perfume. Like when that perfume has like a crazy bottle that has like texture and it's a weird shape, that's custom packaging. When we're talking about boxes, there's really not a lot of reason for anyone to be doing custom packaging unless you have a lot of money and it makes sense for your brand. Custom packaging, it's got, it's a box. <laughs> it's usually a box or a bag. It doesn't need to be custom. Custom printed, custom designed, sure, but not necessarily like an, a trapezoid box or a hexagon box, like it, unless it makes sense for your brand. Love that. It's always good to know what terms to be using as you're, as you're entering a new arena. So that's awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? I love the insert for the shipping package. I think that that is a great thing to test, but also it's the best way. It's the most effective and cost-effective way to kind of get them down the road to your product. You have limited space. You're using the printing on the inside of the box, whatever. You have the actual product. But I will say uh, last holiday season, I'm shopping in October, not for holiday, just for myself. And the biggest missed opportunity was that postcard insert. I got several packages. It's October. No teasers for holiday. And I'm like, wow, this is a missed opportunity. If I love your product now, and it's October, I might want to buy again by the time, you know, holiday comes and there was no teaser. I'm not saying it needs to be an offer, just something to be like, and there's more or we have something cool coming, whatever it is. Um, I think that the insert is a great way to play. And it's also a great way, again, to get them down the road to you. If it's a free skincare consult, if it's check out our create your own jewelry, whatever it is, is it the moisturizer that you use with the moisturizer? It's leading them down the path right back to your product. The insert is the most cost effective and it's more room to talk about your brand, talk about your causes. It's two-sided. You could talk about a teaser and talk about your causes. It's just, it's the least utilized thing in the box right now. And I think people should really jump on that. Oh, totally seconded. In my case, you're preaching to the converted. I am equally frustrated by the number of e-commerce brands not putting a postcard in the box. It's maddening. It's maddening. But before I go off on my rant on that, because <laughs> you, you made the case so well, Lindsay, let's go on to the next question. If someone listening wants to learn more about all of this, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? I actually have two resources, but Cool. The first one is the dye line, thedyeline.com. It'll show you packaging inspiration, but it also keeps you um, thinking about sustainability. It'll tell you how to sell sustainability to your customers, how to think about sustainability. And I know that is a big push for customers too. They want to know that you're not just putting it together and it's beautiful and then it ends up, you know, in the landfill and all those other nasty things that happen when it decomposes in the landfill. So that is my first recommendation. It's a great, great resource. The second one is I have an exclusive series called Customer Obsession. This series helps product-based businesses make more money by increasing repeat purchases the easy way. So again, it's going to be a lot of packaging, a lot of email, a lot of website, all without adding new marketing channels starting from scratch or paid traffic. So if you love the idea of making more sales, 
without doing the most, this series is perfect for you. Cool. And how are we spelling the dye line? Um, the T-H-E-D-I-E-L-I-N-E dot com. I totally was assuming it was another die, so I'm really glad you explained that one. And where can people get the customer obsession if they want to, to sure. join you on that? That is at my website, lookdesign, L-O-O-Q-D-E-S-I-G-N dot com forward slash obsession, O-B-S-E-S-S-I-O-N. Perfect. Thank you for, for giving us both of those, Lindsay. Finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? I don't know if this is going to be a surprise, but limited edition and holiday packaging. It is time to think about it now. Whether it's the actual product packaging, secondary shipping, this is where to put your energy. Um, we know people spend the most during the winter holiday, so pull out all the stops. Start planning now, make it special, make it giftable, and make more money. Oh, definitely. And guys, listening to this, right, you have, if you get planned now, you've got time to get the postcards printed to put in your box throughout August, September and October to pre-warn people about what you've got planning. Uh, sorry, coming up even. I'm so obsessed by planning. I'm using the word where I shouldn't. But yeah, definitely awesome advice there. Thank you, Lindsay. We're also very, very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business in case they want to get in touch? Sure. You can find me at my website, lookdesign.com. On Instagram, I'm also lookdesign. That's L-O-O-Q, design. And on LinkedIn as Lindsay Kwan. Simple as that, everyone. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and opening our eyes to both what's possible with product packaging and how to do it well. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much. So have you ever considered what messages should be on your product packaging, whether it's the primary packaging or the secondary packaging or the inserts that's in the packaging or even the box that it all comes in? When did you last think about it? It's time to think about it properly and make sure it's designed well. And if it's only being redone every couple of years, then you can afford to invest in getting the right help to do it well for your business. Now, you can get the links to all those things that we discussed, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. You can also go straight directly to the correct page on the website if you use our special short link. For this episode, it is keepopt.com forward slash whatever the episode number is for this episode. And we've set that up for every single episode we've ever put out. Keepopt.com forward slash the number of the episode. When you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business, which includes our monthly Q&A webinar. As part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our offline marketing specialists to join us for a live Q&A session at the end of this month. It's going to be your chance to get your questions answered, whether those are about packaging tips, whether it's about your direct mail plans, whatever it is come and get it answered. To get signed up for that, just go to keepopt.com forward slash webinar. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do check out the rest of our offline marketing episodes. You can find them by scrolling up your feed or use the short link keepopt.com forward slash offline to go to the website and find them all listed there. And if you're really intrigued by um, what Lindsay and I were both banging on about, about putting good inserts into your sending box, the parcel that goes through the post, 
then make sure you stay tuned for our upcoming episode with Drew Carpenter from Slippy, who is all about making that parcel and the inserts in it work for you. Some great content coming up in that one. Not quite live yet, but coming very, very soon. Finally, please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. And you are listening carbon guilt free. This is a carbon positive podcast, which means we've bought the carbon credits to offset all our production, distribution and you're listening to this show. So you have just listened to this episode, Carbon Guilt Free. So binge away, my lovelies, binge away. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. Access everything, keep optimising at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Hello, Chloe here. I just wanted to tell you something super exciting before we get into this episode. Chloe's e-commerce club is finally live. Yes, my new free online club where the whole Keep Optimizing audience can come together to improve your e-commerce marketing is live. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to keepop.com forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So go on, hit pause and come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at keepopt.com forward slash club. And then don't forget to hit play and listen to the rest of the episode. See you in the club.